Welcome to the podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Katie. And this is One One Kiss Kiss Means Forever. This is the podcast that talks about all of those fantasies that you've had while reading romance novels where you get butterflies in your belly, then also the times that someone pushes you into a pool. Um, We're talking about our favorite made-for-TV romances, the kinds that you find on Hallmark, Lifetime, Amazon Prime, etc., etc., etc. Yes, my liege. (laughs) I don't remember what they call him now. Sire? Um, I don't know. Just the king, I guess. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) So, today. Podcast. Us. What do we got today? Uh, So, we're going to be talking about... A, oh, you know, a summer movie, since we're, we're jumping back into summer. Uh, you know, we, we took a break for Christmas in July, summer again, we're going to go full on summer with Summer Villa. It's a Hallmark movie that originally aired uh, July 23rd, 2016. And here is the synopsis from Hallmark. A romance novelist with writer's block and a celebrity chef suffering from a bad review accidentally end up staying at the same French villa for the summer. As they attempt to share the house and mend their personal lives, they find that what, they real, what they're really missing is more of a personal matter. I think this might be one of the best Hallmark yeah. uh, like two-sentence uh synopsis that I've ever seen because I don't have any quibble with it. And it stars Hillary Burton and Victor Webster. Hooray! So Terry Russell, who is played by Hillary Burton, is a formerly successful romance author. We say formerly as she has a book due and all she has written are the words chapter one. Uh, we know how that goes. Her 15-year-old daughter, Abby, accuses her of having no life, which might be why she can't seem to write anything. But it's going to be fine, since her editor, Leslie, has set Terry up on a blind date with her with her brother, meaning the editor's brother. Um, and he is known as the famous Chef Cupid, Matthew Everston, played by Victor Webster. Matthew does more schmoozing than, like, actual cooking these days, which is why he's known as Chef Cupid. Because uh, he's charming, he has a new lady on his arm every night, you know, he's kind of a little, he's a Hallmark version of a playboy. <laughs> Let's call him that. Um, <laughs> uh, and he seems to be pretty happy with his life. Uh, but his sister asked him to go out on this blind date, so he'll meet Terry at his restaurant, fine, whatever. Um, but uh, he sees this woman at a bar, assumes it's Terry. It's not Terry. She's standing right behind him, or sitting right behind him, rather. Uh, he's got his back to her, and obviously, unsurprisingly, correctly, this makes, like, the world's worst first impression ever. Uh, so Terry is like, no, I'm done, and is out of there. Mm-hmm. But as Terry is leaving, Matthew notices this restaurant critic in the restaurant. So Matthew had no idea that he was there, so he didn't have time to, like, prep and make a special meal. And as a result, the critic is more than less than impressed. He's like, you have lost your magic touch, whatever. Um, And uh, since, after all, Matthew didn't even cook the meal, let alone infuse it with the joy of cooking or passion, which just goes to show that his restaurant is uh, a dud as of now. And with one bad review, Matthew's world is shaken so drastically that he needs to escape and run away. Editor sister Leslie really needs Terry to finish his book. 
So she offers her family's villa in France to Terry and Abby for the summer. Um, like, where are my friends that do that? Mm-hmm. Um, she was going to go on vacation herself. Leslie, that is. But uh, Terry needs it more for her writing. And typical teenage Abby is quite upset about being away from her friends for the summer. Uh, but this is not Gossip Girl, so 15-year-olds cannot stay at home alone in Manhattan alone for months. <laughs> it's not a thing. Uh, but upon arriving in France, who should be at the villa? But of course, Matthew. Is there anything worse than having to essentially live with the blind date that did not go well? <laughs> uh, both Matthew and Terry are frustrated about the situation and make crazy rules to annoy and have power over each other. Um, in order to get away, Terry walks into the town for breakfast and meets a cute local chef named Jean-Luc, who seems very interested in her. Um, always good for the ego boost. <laughs> um, so back at the villa... Abby has made Matthew a sandwich, even though she did make the kitchen look like a disaster zone in the process. And Matthew realizes that Abby has some cooking talent. So neither Terry or Matthew can sleep. And this is possibly, at least for Terry, because she is having the hallmark, uh, less than G-rated version of a sex dream about Matthew. That's... (laughs) pretty much what's happening um and, they <laughs> and it's also about her career i think it's about her career but it's it's that she and matthew are on the cover of her book but yeah it's like the steamiest thing i've ever seen in a hallmark movie maybe <laughs> um and they stumble into each other uh in the kitchen matthew has made hot cocoa which he offers to terry uh which is very nice of him even though it is the incorrect season for hot cocoa matthew don't you know this um And she, in turn, shows him how great marshmallows can be in hot cocoa. And so they reach a truce. Now that Matthew and Terry are getting along, they start to see the love potential in each other. But Jean-Luc shows up to ask Terry out, and with beef bourguignon, which turns out to be particularly good. So, of course, she kind of has to say yes. (laughs) Um, Matthew and Terry go to the market together, and Matthew meets this cute new butcher in town. And the butcher... She challenges him to cook sweetbreads, which um, is just a, apparently pancreas, which to ve- both the vegetarians in the room just sounds gross. Although I used to work in a French restaurant where that was supremely popular, so I guess I understand the appeal. But it's Whatever. just a mean name. Why do you have to call it something that sounds like a cookie? <laughs> so people will eat it. Waste not, Hannah. Eat the whole thing. No, I, I want to have, I want to be able to eat something called a sweet bread. That sounds good. I'll make then, you some bread. Except then it, it turns out that it's pancreas and I don't want that. I'll make you some bread and I'll make it sweet, okay? You're going to make me a cake? I'll make you pan dulce. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, um, uh, Matthew invites the butcher over for dinner uh, that evening. So he's trying to play into this chef cupid way, um, but... He's, his heart really isn't in it. He's just there to cook the sweetbreads, kind of. So Abby helps Matthew make the sweetbread. And when Terry comes down to the kitchen and eats some, it turns into a food fight because she's upset that they made her eat pancreas, as she should be. Um, but that's when the butcher arrives for their pseudo date thing. Uh, and, but Matthew forgot about the other woman uh, because, you know, not gonna fall in love with her and we know this 
Um, Terry is upset, but won't admit it because she kind of knows that she has no right to be upset. But she just is. Uh, but mm-hmm. since the butcher stays for dinner and then a bottle of wine, which is very, very date-like, uh, her jealousy gets the better of her and she tries to spy on them. But this is Hallmark and that would never work because spying on people in Hallmark always goes badly. I think, I think that statement feels correct. Yes. Uh, and definitive. Uh, in her attempt, Terry falls in the pool, giving herself away. But it does have the benefit of freaking out the butcher, and she is like, no, you might be married to this other woman. I gotta go. <laughs> so in a bit of tit-for-tat, Terry agrees to go on a picnic with Jean-Luc. He's a fan of her work and asks her about the book she's currently work- working on. And luckily, she has been making progress on that in the villa. As she's explaining the story, she, realize, she realizes it's basically about her and Matthew, uh, which is super awkward considering she's on a date with Jean-Luc. Back at the villa, Matthew and Abby are having a cooking lesson, and Abby shows Matthew her special raspberry sauce that ends up fixing some overcooked meat that Matthew made. Secret ingredients. <laughs> so Terry and Matthew are starting to like admit to themselves at least that they like each other uh, enough that Matthew has even started reading her books and Abby is noticing this so she parent traps them into another hot cocoa date uh, so then Terry like Jean-Luc asks her out again and she kind of like brushes him off she doesn't say like no never again but also it's like, no, I'm really busy. I can't go right now. Hmm. But Matthew is like, you want to go f- for a walk with me? And she's like, yep, I do. Um, so they go for a walk in the woods. And he finds a wild strawberry. And he feeds it to her. And this moment is so freaking steamy that Terry needs to rush back to write about it. Um, you know, like, she's like, I, I got to go right now. Right now. Like, right now. And he's a little bit confused. But uh, us audience members are like, whoo. Yep. So she, she does run back to go keep writing, but not before Matthew officially asks her out for dinner, which is sweet. So sweet. Like the strawberry. <laughs> uh, Matthew takes Terry to this restaurant um, that his mentor, uh, René Claude, uh, is, ha- is the proprietor of. And this restaurant is called Evangeline. Evangeline. <laughs> Um, this is the, that this restaurant right now is so busy that Matthew feels like he has to jump in and help out with the cooking. Um, while it's not great in a date sense, Terry enjoys seeing Matthew in his element and doing what he loves. And Terry's even jumped in and like started pouring wine at tables and it's it's really sweet. Um, and as he's finding his love of cooking again, and I think that's spilling over into their relationship, Mm. they have a moment in the doorway of the villa where they, you know, have an almost moment of kissing. But that's when Abby interrupts because um, her friends back in the States have started bullying her online. Sad. Uh, so Matthew decides to enter the Flavor of France chef competition happening in town because, of course, there's a chef competition happening in this teeny little French countryside town. Yep. Um, in order to distract Abby, he invites her and René Claude to be his sous chefs. Jean-Luc is also competing, of course, and he has won for the past four years. He's very confident, but when Terry decides to help Matthew's 
team, I guess we'll call it, uh, he realizes that Matthew has won the girl. So now he needs to win the cooking to, you know, save his ego. Uh, so then we cue knife sharpening intimidation checks. Not even knife sharpening intimidation. They both test out their knives by chopping zucchini really <laughs> fast, which I think the imagery there is <laughs> directly <laughs> symbolic. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, so the day of the competition rolls around and Matthew's manager shows up. And she's managed to get the restaurant critic who gave Matthew a bad review to be a judge at this competition. Um, <laughs> so he could fly like, all the way to France to judge this competition. Um, but this just goes to show that his manager has no understanding of stress or empathy because this kind of puts this bug in Matthew's ear that he can't do it or he's, his food's not good enough. So both Jean-Luc and Matthew are making cocovan, it turns out. And in order to make his special, Matthew asks Abby to make her special raspberry sauce to elevate and modernize the dish. And he ends up winning. So hooray! Woohoo! Uh, but the win sparks a flurry of offers for Matthew in terms of career, including going back to New York and his restaurant and, and to start in his own cooking show. Uh, and the idea of getting his old life back is appealing because, you know, he was popular and it was cool. Uh, and Terry can see that and decides not to tell Matthew that she's fallen in love with him. Though she does, of course, tell his sister because maybe they're best friends, question mark. Hmm. I'm unclear. She's finished her book and so she decides that, you know, I don't want to be in this villa heartbroken even for a few days. So, like, we're going to go home. Yeah. Me and Abby. And to be clear, it's not like just like going back to his own old life as like a chef is the problem. The problem is he's known as being a womanizer. So like the yeah. the TV show was based around him cooking dinner for another woman in yeah, a yeah. different country. He was, was going to go back to, uh, to having a life that would not really be able to include her. Exactly. Um, so Abby and Terry go out for dinner one last time at Evangeline's before they have to catch their flight. Um, and after they've gone, Matthew is trying to figure out what to do when he finds Terry's manuscript for her new book and reads it. It's a pretty fast read, if you ask me. It's also um, like 20 pages. Right. The, the <laughs> manuscript of her finished book is like the same amount as my senior paper on Pride and Prejudice in high school. <laughs> Anyway, uh, of course he recognizes it to be their story, so he rushes off to Evangeline in order to tell Terry that he no, no, he no longer wants to be Chef Cupid. He wants to be her Cupid, and with her forever. Um, love has made him change his ways, as it were. Um, so they kiss, and since one kiss means forever... It's sort of implied that they're all staying in France and taking over Evangelines, perhaps. Uh, maybe. Putet. <laughs> uh, whatever. <laughs> Ending logistics are for later. Romance is for now. Hooray! Hooray! Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think that was probably one of our longest uh, It was a long synopsis, because a lot happens that you actually do need to touch on. Yeah. It's it's dense with passion yes. and love. Yeah, I did do some research. I didn't write it down, of course, because why would I do such a thing? Mm -hmm. um, but the person or people who wrote this haven't done too many others. Which is a shame because it's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, like I, I started looking it up because I was like, oh, my God, there's some 
really good lines. Yeah. Like, at one point, like at the beginning after the blind date, Terry says to Leslie, like, he's a Peter Pan case. And just like doesn't explain that. And I was like, that's brilliant. Like, he doesn't want to grow up. That's clear. Like, I know exactly what you mean with you calling it a Peter Pan case. And I think mm-hmm. we need to do that more. Yep. But, there, like, there's a couple, like, at one point, Leslie tells them that they're both adults. Like, and they need to work it out. Which I often feel like I yell at the screen. In a Hallmark movie. movie. Yeah, 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 for sure. And at one point, she also says... I'm a New Yorker. I love to walk. And I'm like, we do. We, we do, do love to walk. <laughs> I love walking. It's it's one of those things where, like, even if you're like, I don't love to walk, you're like, but I actually do walk, like, two miles every day just to, like, get places. <laughs> oh, it's true. Yeah. Should we go into our uh, what the fuck moments? Yeah. And I don't I'm, – I'm going through my notes right now to see what it actually is that I want to talk about because, by and large – and I feel like I, I keep spoiling the end of our podcast for people. But by and large, I feel like this movie's pretty tight. Um, there's not a whole lot that are like, that's like, what the actual fuck? Um, but I have a couple things I guess I kind of want to touch on. Okay. Um, I feel like there are weird food habits in this movie. And... In a way that I don't know if it's just because of I'm watching this movie again now that we've been through COVID and, like, germs are a thing. Mm-hmm. But people seem to eat off of, like, the same bites of people. Like, so Abby eats off of the same side of the sandwich that Matthew – then she makes a sandwich for Matthew. Like, he takes a bite. He, like, decides it's good, but he has to be, like, disgruntled about it. And then Abby takes a bite off of the same end as him yeah. just to see it's well, okay. Th- there's also a moment – where uh, he, uh, Matthew is cooking in the kitchen and he's having, tr- you know, trouble. He doesn't, you know, like, I, it, I get the impression that everything he cooks is probably really good, but it's, like, not up to his standards or whatever. Right. Um, And, like, the plate is sitting on the table, like, all plated. And he's sort of, like, in the corner and Terry doesn't notice him. And she just goes over and takes a bite of it. Uh-huh. And I was like, who does such a thing? Like, the idea that you would go into a kitchen and be like, no one's in here, but there's a plate of food. I think I'll eat it. It's really, really weird. Yeah, and I don't know if this is the same moment or not, but, like, there's a a spoon. Like, I think it's, like, a chicken soup or something that he's made. And she picks up, like, he's, like, taste this or something. And so she goes and she picks up the spoon that's, like, obviously been used already. Like, that was his spoon and then, like, takes a bite. And then when they go to the market... She, like, tastes some cheese and then gives him the same – she takes a bite and then gives him the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And they're not even, like, friends at this point. Like, they, well, they're friends, but they're not, like, romantic yet. And I feel like that's a very intimate thing is, like, now you get to be the person that I share food with. Well, but Ab- Abby does it, too. Like, it's it's clearly a, like, a Terry Abby thing. Because uh, also, like, they share, like, when they taste the beef bur- bourguignon, they also, all, all three of them end up sharing that spoon. Which is weird, because I'm yeah. sure there's plenty of spoons in that villa. Right. Like, there's, it, what did they say? There's, like, nine bedrooms? Like, yeah. They, they've got to have play settings for 24, at minimum. And, like, I also feel like 
well, okay. I made I made a note of the keys to this villa. The keys to this villa are like wrought iron, like old timey keys, and I just mm-hmm. thought that was super romantic. So I just needed to put that somewhere. Mm-hmm. But back to being a chef. If I was Abby, and like my mom was who she was, or my mom was single, and I ended up sharing a villa with like fucking Jamie Oliver or Gordon Ramsay, I would be freaking the fuck out. I wouldn't be trying to cook for him. I would be like, please cook with me. Please teach me everything you know. I would be fangirling. And I feel like Abby was sort of painted to be, I don't know if she started fangirling after the fact or or what, but I don't know. I feel like she's not spazzing out enough. Right, well, because she, she got really excited initially yeah. that he was Chef Cupid, but then she, like, within... A minute and a half is like, eh, you're just okay. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just very quickly to be like, oh, it's you! Oh, well, eh, whatever. Right. Um, like, also, if Al- like, if Alton Brown is yelling at me about my kitchen, his kitchen being, like, messy, I would be like, yes, sir. Yes, chef. <laughs> okay. Uh, can, I, we need to talk about Abby's kitchen habits. Oh, I yeah. I guess, but I'm not a chef. I'm not even that great of a cook. I can feed myself. That's about my levels. That being said... I don't know that there's anything that much more disgusting than leaving everything out when you're cooking and just expecting somebody else to go clean it up later. True. Like, it is so, like, disaster zone messy. And and her response to him being like, you have to keep your, like, kitchen clean is you should get a maid. Yeah, and there's, like, nail polish dripping on the counter, too, which is a health hazard. Yes. That's poison, Though, though uh, that part, you know, it's a little weird that it was there, but also at the same time, I'm like, in a New York apartment, that wouldn't weird me out nearly as much, because I'm just like, like, I mean, the dripping part, yes, but, like, yes. you know, it's not, it doesn't feel that weird to have, like, a really random thing in your kitchen, but oh, then again, sure. like, you know, I do live in New York, everything ends up in the kitchen at some point, like. 100%. It, it's just a thing, but like, like the idea, it, like the fact that it was an open nail polish, that's a little weird. Agreed. Yes. But like, like, yeah, I understand that you like don't want to wash your dishes immediately. Fine. I'm no judgment there. But like, if you spill shit, like that's gotta, you gotta get that up. It's gonna get so gross and you're gonna get bugs and <laughs> I totally, completely, 100% agree. But she's also 15, and I think that was supposed to establish her being 15. Maybe, but also, like, I think I think you have to try that hard to make a messy, a kitchen that messy. Like. Yeah. Like, uh, th- she made pancakes, and somehow, like, like, every surface was covered in, like, flour and batter. <laughs> and then her mom makes Pop-Tarts and then doesn't eat the Pop-Tarts. And I was like, I feel oh, there, like I there was, was a lot of wasted movie. food in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to eat it all. Um, speaking of food and, like, Hillary Burton, though, like, I kind of am, I feel like Hillary Burton needs to be in every commercial for food ever because every time she eats a bite of food, it's like she's never tasted food before. She's like, yeah, oh, she my God. Really excited. She's so excited. I don't I, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you need to be a spokeswoman for everything. Yeah, except she she doesn't gain weight, so she looks like like she she's definitely clearly somebody who's like, you know, yeah, I take care of my body, but also like I can eat whatever I want. Yeah, she just has that body type, which 
I don't. <sighs> so I can't eat. I eat whatever I want, but I shouldn't. Scripts, scripts, scripts. My last what the fuck moment um, that I really feel like I should, I want to mm-hmm. mention is the name Chef Cupid. Okay. I, I hate it because Chef Cupid implies to me that he's cooking for people to fall in love and not okay. himself. So, okay. and, that, and so I feel like Chef Casanova or Playboy right. Chef probably would have gotten the the idea a little bit more across. Not that like his food makes people fall in love. Though I will say that Chef Casanova or whatever is not as complimentary in terms of a product line. This is true, but that was but they the way that they were describing the the origin of Chef Cupid made it sound like that's more of the intent that they were going for mm-hmm. was that mm-hmm. like his cooking makes women fall in love with him, right? Rather than like eat this food, you couple, and you will fall in love or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. That's what I think Chef Cupid brings to mind when I think of it. Sure, okay. And I'm not sure if it's too many Hallmark movies that I'm watching <laughs> or whatever. I hear you. Uh, so there's one thing that I would like to discuss. Okay. Uh, and it, it is because uh, of the – well, it's partially because of the ending where it is, like, sort of implied that they're maybe not going back to New York ever again. <laughs> um, because, you know, Abby has her one friend who has been mean to her, so maybe she's not a real friend. And – now they love France and like living there and they're going to run Evangelines possibly. Um, at the beginning of the movie, Terry mentions that she and Abby's father had an amicable divorce, it sounds like. But at no point is he ever consulted about anything. We don't know anything about him. He doesn't seem to contact his daughter. He doesn't seem to give a shit what country she's in. Like, can Terry make this decision to move her teenager to France? Do they not have joint custody? What's happening? (laughs) I feel like all of those are possible. Or it's possible that in early versions of the script that had been the case and they decided this is wasted space that we could use Mm. to sell Rakuten instead. Um, but like, I think that's a valid point, but she's also 15. I feel like she could have, like, if it were my family, I feel like my mom probably could have done that and just like told my dad, Hey, we're moving to France. And my dad would have silently taken it eh, maybe. and not done anything, not done anything. <sighs> it's possible. I just, I, I thought it was interesting that he like, doesn't come up like the only, he only comes up and it's like, it was an amicable divorce. He doesn't come up for Abby at all. I don't know. I Let's just would have liked story. to know a little bit. That's, that's very that's very nice of you, Hannah. Obviously, obviously, I, he's a child of divorce. It never struck me. <laughs> I wanted to make sure that Abby wasn't just looking for her mother to get married to have a male parental figure in her life. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Now she gets Bobby Flay. Yeah. Hallmark Hallmarks. Hallmark Hallmarks. Um. Even though it was not entirely unwarranted, uh, bad date antagonism, I thought was a little bit, a lot yeah. more than it needed to be, but there was some warrant for it. Yeah, I, I just called it immediate dislike of each other. Just like instantaneous, like, nope, not yeah. you. Like, it, it, right. It didn't feel 
quite unwarranted, but it was definitely like, we're going to take this antagonism that we feel towards each other up to an 11. 11. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There is a competition Competition. uh, that he he doesn't want to enter but is sort of goaded into like that it's that part is also pretty common true like, not only doesn't exist but it's like i'm not going to enter but somehow i've entered at one <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i have a lot more before we get to that point um so i'm well, sorry well it's cuz they talk about it pretty early that's why oh gotcha i feel like when there my next hallmark hallmark is a lot of times when there is a chef or a f- or food involved there is also frozen food involved in some capacity and mm. he's he's um trying to get his food to be a frozen food line mm-hmm. and i feel like we've seen that a few times before and also in ratatouille mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh we have Coco, and again, it is the wrong season for Coco, but we do have Coco. We have Coco. I think we can still count it. Though, I will say, I think he gets three marshmallows, but she only has one. I counted. <laughs> um, we have uh, a, we have uh, the whole writer's block situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a potential love rival in that is also a professional rival. That's a good one. Um, when they come to the villa, we have a you, you moment. There is a food fight. <laughs> food fight! Um, <laughs> you're going to hate me for this one? Accordion music means that it's France. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> uh, we have... Uh, the like uncouth American stereotype moment where she asks for ketchup oh, in France. Yeah. Um. Oh, I skipped one earlier on. Oops. Um. I mean, whatever. Yeah, whatever. But uh, teen freaking out that there's no Wi-Fi and can't enjoy uh-huh. a vacation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they have the we're not together. Like, no, no, no. we're no. not a couple. We're not a couple thing. Yeah. Um, parent trapped into a date. Uh, we have, it's not a date. I'm not going on a date with this person. <laughs> I have a sexy food tasting. Mm. We have two interrupted kisses. Yeah. That was my next one, too. Um, uh, the, which we didn't really talk about the second one, but the second one is like, we are going to kiss and we've agreed on it. And like... They're, like, upset when, when like, they're interrupted. That was also, like, I haven't seen that before. Yeah, I, 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 I think that you're right. Um, and my last one was um, uh, going home, question mark. <laughs> uh, and I have they declare love with full names. Ugh. I'm glad that I didn't <laughs> see that one. It would make me hate this movie. Yeah. Hannah Weitzman, I love you. Ugh. Pretty parade. Pretty parade. Um, I mean, I I think it's a pretty well, like good looking movie overall. Uh, but I just want to call out they they drink their cocoa in these huge mm. white mugs that like you have to like cup both your hands to like go around it, and they have this little blue like filigree kind of looking design on them, and I thought they were adorable and I liked them. Agreed. 
hundred percent. That that will come back later for me. <laughs> um, uh, I my I have two pretty parades. Um, mostly Hillary Burton is just an upsettingly beautiful woman, and yes. she like the way that she looks and the way that she like tastes food. I think is one hundred percent why this movie feels more like a steamy romance novel than mm-hmm. your average Hallmark movie. I think it's all to do with her. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. And the chandeliers are great <laughs> in this <laughs> chateau. <laughs> uh, across the universe. Um, when they drink those big bowl hot cocoa things we just talked about, uh, it reminds me of Beauty and the Beast, where they have because they, they they clink their bowls in friendship, like they do in the Beauty and the Beast with their oatmeal. And I went with another Disney movie because they have Evangeline. Evangeline, who, who is, is the, the Firefly in Prince and the Frog. Yeah, but it's also the love the love of. Uh, Ren- Renee Cod's life as just like the love of the fireflies. Oh, that's that is so well put. And I guess she's not she's not really a firefly. He just thinks she's a firefly because she's a star. Yeah. Um. So just to jump in real quick with a segment that only sometimes pops up, we've got to do Law and Order OTH. Yeah. Um. Because obviously this is Hillary Burton, aka Peyton. Um. She, uh, for uh, One Tree Hill, uh, and Victor Webster, who wasn't on One Tree Hill, but who is engaged, I think they're still engaged, uh, to Chantal von Stanton, um, who was on One Tree Hill. Hmm. Uh, and he has also starred in a Hallmark movie with Bethany Joy Lenz from One Tree Hill. Yay. He, is a, he is a One Tree Hill vector <laughs> of some kind. He is the tree on the hill. <laughs> what was the movie he did with Bethany Joy Lenz? Uh, Five Star Christmas. Oh, you know what? I missed that one. Mm. And I heard it was mm, Some not people five loved stars. it, and I did not. Fair. I think that's where I heard it, because yeah. like, you give me all my Hallmark reviews. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. We keep it in-house. Um, new and Noteworthy. I didn't have anything that I wrote down, but I will just say this is, I I think, definitively the steamiest Hallmark movie I've ever seen. And I don't know what they did differently to make it so, exactly. But it just is. I think it's the longing stares and the <laughs> the and and the implication of like writing romance novels. So we I think we can since you and I read romance novels fairly frequently. I think we can read what's on her face and what she might be writing in yeah. these ways. Yeah. Like like after the strawberry incident, like if she didn't go home to write a sex scene, I will be upset. Oh, she certainly <laughs> went home to do at least write a sex scene. <laughs> <laughs> at least. Um, although I, I think I disagree with the steamy. I felt like um, that the new Crashing Through the Snow had some pretty steamy okay. hot tub moments in it. In yeah. I, but I think they're they're moving in a steamier direction these days. Yeah. No, uh, no. But this is 2016. Like, I don't think I'd ever seen anything this steamy on a Hallmark movie before. I will give you that for sure. Um, I had a few new and noteworthies, actually. Okay. Um, Outside the stilettos from the first date, Hillary Burton's shoes are pretty sensible. Yeah, she wears sneakers a lot. 
though, though I will say, when she goes biking, she's wearing, like, Birkenstocks. And I'm like, honey, you didn't know how to bike earlier. And, <laughs> like, you got to put shoes on your feet that, like, are going to stay on no matter what. You are correct in that. <laughs> um uh, going on with the steamy thing, um, their second interrupted kiss, she initiates with a come here. Yeah. And I've never seen that before. Um, I like the movies better when it's two grown ass adults who, re- like, you can tell really want to get to, really want to be together, but other things are sort of getting in the way, not mm-hmm. themselves making up stupid decisions. Yeah. Um, and it, kind of along those lines, my last new and noteworthy is at the end, when they when they're leaving before you know they declare love whatever so even mm-hmm. though her heart is broken she still gives him a hug goodbye mm-hmm. and i feel like a lesser movie and we've seen this before would have just left without a note and kind of in a huff and he'd wonder what happened um, right. i'm glad that they had the conversation of like you know we've had a great time right cuz it's not so much that she 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 is like i'm going to let him do what he seems to want to do um, and not burden him with my feelings, which, you know, there are choices in that. But it is very much like I'm going to be an adult about this. And like, I know I'm broken hearted, but I'm not going to put that on him if he doesn't love me back. Well, right. But we've seen that before. Yeah. Oftentimes in the exposition where some where you'll find out later that someone left because they loved them too much and they wanted to give them their life, but they didn't say anything about it. Right. Like, you know, and then they're like, you left. I didn't know where you went. We were together for five years, you know, kind yeah. of thing. I right. feel like that could have been this moment here, too. But they're acting yes. like adults. And agreed. Joe is better. Agreed. Supporting shout outs. Oh, no, I don't have any, actually. So, OK. Um, I want to shout out Leslie because this is a bonkers character who, like, starts out as the only adult in the movie, as far as I'm concerned, because they are everybody has a baby for a little while. <laughs> like, I, I, you know, what we just talked about where they, like, do the adult thing at the end. But at the beginning of this movie, it is Leslie being like, grow the fuck up. Yeah. Um. But at the same time she's doing that, she's also, like, in a board meeting with them on speaker. I actually had that <laughs> written down as a Hallmark Hallmark for a minute. But I was like, this is less a Hallmark Hallmark than just, like, a trope we see in movies. And I was like, what? What is happening? <laughs> so good. It was that. I agree. I do agree with that. She was a pretty great character. Yeah. Kiss meter. Kiss meter. Since we only get the one kiss, pretty much. I gave this one an 8.75. Okay. Um, and here's why. Um, considering the chemistry the entire movie, I kind of expected a little bit more of an eat-your-face-off kind of kiss. Um, but they gave each other these nice, cute, pretty little kind of soft kisses that are lovely and, like, you know, establishing a life together. And so I guess... I. I can I take off points for the not eating your face off, but I put some back on because Abby was there and they were in public. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I just wanted a little bit more oomph. Uh, I'm pretty much right there with you. I said eight point five. Yay! Uh, because it's sort of in front of people, but sort of in private. Like yeah. it's not like like on a stage in front of people. It's just like they're in the restaurant and like people aren't really looking at them, but they are there. Um, and Abby is is there, like a little too close. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they do sort of go for it, if not like too like deeply. So, yeah, 
I'm on the same page as you on this one. Cool. Oh, you know what I meant to say is a new and noteworthy, and it just popped back into my brain? Mm-hmm. We don't always have a teenager. Teenager is rare. Like, I, I actually wrote down on my notes, like, wow, what is the age of this person? She's old enough to have a 15-year-old? Yeah. Like, like which doesn't really mean anything because, like, she could be 35. And it that's wouldn't true. be that weird. And that's probably what they were going for. But, like, also at the same time, I'm like, these characters are usually 35 going on 20. So. <laughs> <laughs> you have a good point there. So, Hannah, would you watch this movie? I would watch this movie. I think it's pretty well written and has some, like, real great moments in it. Um, I think the poster for this movie is actually, like, kind of does it a disservice because it's way better than I think the poster suggests. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I love this movie. I think it's, I mean, we've just been talking about how romantic and steamy it is. I feel like it's 100% Hillary Burton's fault. And Victor Webster, you know, holds up his end too. But I think yeah. it's, this is all about her it's, it's in this Hillary movie. Burton. Absolutely. Yeah, he, I think this is not my favorite Hillary Burton Hallmark movie, but it's probably my second favorite. Yeah, I would say that's probably true and and it's funny because this script is nothing new i mean we named a bunch of tropes like we've seen all this before but it's the chemistry between them i think Mm -hmm. that really makes this a a watch more than onceable movie yeah right because i watched it and then you were re-watching it when i was uh roommating with you for a little while and i just like sat down and watched most of it with you again yeah it's (laughs) fun for a second there i was watching tv with Billy, and then he was watching a scary, and I just I didn't <laughs> want to do it. <laughs> um, well, I'm so glad that we re-entered summer by way of Summer Villa. Let's all have a Summer Villa together. Yeah, uh, if anybody has a villa in, you know what, it doesn't have to be France. I will uh-uh. take anywhere that you would like me to go and hang out at for, hey, I'll take a week. If yeah, you just have one. Um, Do you have a villa in the North Fork of Long Island? I don't care. Let's go. <laughs> Please, West Egg. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a vacation that I don't have to uh, pay for. Please, <laughs> thank oh you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, great. So we are still. It's summertime. We are doing more summer tweeting, mm-hmm. um, and you should tweet along with us. Where then they find us, Hannah? They can find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we're at one kiss means forever, where the one and the four are numerals. Yeah, but if you want to email us, like any thoughts, any hellos, uh, you can email. any any keys to your uh, your summer homes. Yes, please. <laughs> um, you can email those at um, one kiss means forever at gmail.com, where one kiss means forever is all spelled out with letters, no numbers at all. Uh, and thanks, as always, to Flint Pastors for our intro outro music. And you can find his stuff on Apple Music, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Um, and, you know, send him love. He could use it right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and just a quick 
kind of plug. Uh, Hannah and I have been doing some uh, guest spots on certain podcasts. So if, so check those out. You can find some cool things we've done on Hallmarkies podcast, Hallmark Happenings. Um, uh, oh, my gosh, which was which was better, which you need to be following. Hannah has a really great uh, Timeless Christmas episode that you should listen to. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're other places. Check them out. Follow them. Yeah. Follow us. Do the thing. Yeah. We'll, we'll see you on the interwebs, and then we'll see you in your ears. Or we'll... Hear, no, ear, we'll ear you? We'll ear you. I like uh, it. We'll ear you in a couple <laughs> weeks. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>